Hello and welcome to the Woo Woo Wonder Hour where we discuss new age topics including alternative health, spirituality, and all things metaphysical. I'm your host Krista. And I'm your host Roxy and we are the Woo Woo Women. Woo Woo! Welcome to our 26th episode. As a last minute kind of topic, we decided to discuss something that is relevant to anyone on their spiritual journey and that is overcoming the ego. So, what is the ego? According to Eckhart Tolle, ego is your I or your self. So it's how we distinguish ourselves from others. The ego creates our identity. So this could be made up of a lot of different things, right? Our social status, our job, possessions, education, our appearance, maybe relationships, um, personal or family history. Our identity could also be our beliefs, um, our affiliation with a certain political, national, racial, or religious group. So for me, a simple explanation could be our ego is our worldly sense of self, the self that's tied to emotion or attachments. Oh, I love that definition. And I like to think of our ego as our false self. I think that the ego represents all of the things that we think we are, but we are not. And when I say the false self, I say the person we become so that other people will like us, they'll admire us, and they'll accept us. And ego is also who we tell ourselves we are without a question, or other people have told us who we are. Like, for example, when we are young and we are just learning our name, right? Our parents are saying, oh, little Krista, little Krista loves <laughs> to, to swing on her little swing and she loves to capture lizards and butterflies. And, you know, there's <laughs> all these things that begin when we are little. And here we are just, you know, divine presence walking around in this world. And it starts with our conditioning as children to say, oh, I am Krista. The Krista is me. <laughs> and then it just kind of evolves over time. And I believe, the ego being the false self, that our true self is that infinite awareness behind the ego. And that our ego it that is a part of us is just overly preoccupied with survival, accumulation, and success. And it works to build an identity uh, so that everyone will accept us and we will fit in. It's kind of like the humanness of us, right? So when we're born, we are that infinite divine being. We go through our conditioning or what I call like our human school, our human conditioning. And then Based off of our particular movie that we had, our ego shapes into uh, childhood, into adolescence, into adulthood. And, you know, we all, as being part of human, have this ego as part of us. So Roxy and I are hoping by the end of this episode, you will understand the ego more deeply. And by understanding what the ego is, you're better able to identify what you are not in order for that true self, that divine being within you to shine through. So 
Very exciting stuff. Mm, I love it. I'm so excited. And I like how you mentioned this starts from childhood. It's ingrained in us. You know, we're, when we're younger, our parents or family or whoever we're around shape us so much. And, you know, they tell us who we are or who we should be. So kind of on our path, especially as we come to ourselves, teenage, adulthood, um, we're really finding who am I and who am I as a spiritual being. So as a spiritually focused person, I try to leave my ego aside and focus on the deeper things. This is always a goal, right? But I'm also a human and the ego is sneaky. It always creeps in. And so I'll do my meditations and all the things we talk about on the podcast and the ego always finds its way in. It's sneaky. What do you think, Krista? Do you find that with yourself? Yes. It, the thing that I found about the ego is that the ego does not want to die. It's almost like its own entity, right? So mm -hmm. what happens with us on our spiritual journey is as we bring more uh, spiritual awareness into our life, we're able to identify the false self or the ego, right? And as we kind of like strip off those layers of, you know, conditioned beliefs, con you know, um, things that we we believed are true about ourselves. Like one, one condition that I've always suffered from, and it's a core belief is I am not worthy or, you know, um, I am not good at X, Y, and Z. And these are just examples of ingrained conditions. But as we work through our spiritual journey and we're able to rip away those conditions and really see what the ego is, the ego will fight with, with all of its might not to die, right? But mm -hmm. I think that for me over time, becoming more aware of my ego, I'm able to snap myself out of these, I'm going to call them like patterns or stories that I start, you know, getting on the wheel of karma and I start doing the same crap over and over again. Now I'm finding in my spiritual journey that I'm able to recognize the ego at play. And it's almost like, you're receiving an invitation. Let's say you're receiving an email invitation and you see that that email invitation is from the ego, right? Your awareness. And all you do is you just move it into the trash. You just observe it and move it into the trash. You don't have to subscribe to it. Oh, I like that. And I think, I'm really glad you said awareness because I think awareness is very key. Um, a lot of us go through life or maybe a big part of our life not even being aware of the ego. We just think this is who I am. I am. Or whenever you ask somebody what they do and they answer with their career, you know, it's one of those things we identify with. So once we become aware of ego, then um, it's a way for us to shift back and reassess and reconnect with spirit to who we really are, not just the things that we do or we think that we are. Yes, ma'am. I love it. And so what we're going to be sharing with you guys today are six components of the ego, and they come from the late Dr. Wayne Dyer's book, The Shift. 
which is a great book. There's also a movie about it. It is a little cheesy, but it's a really great movie, and I love Dr. Wayne Dyer. And these are essentially the six lies we all tell ourselves as human beings, as defined by Dr. Wayne Dyer. And the first one is who I am is, and my dog is having a dream right now. Um, oh, <laughs> who I am is what I have. So this lie is very prevalent in our society, especially I think in the U.S., where mm. we believe that our, we base our worthiness on our physical possessions. Basically, if I make more money than you, I'm worth more. If I have a bigger house um, than you, I'm worth more. And, you know, the mantra of the ego is more, more, more. It's never satisfied, right? And you can kind of like sit back and, and think to yourself, you know, situations in your life where, you know, you're at a dinner party. And like you said, Roxy, people love to ask you, uh, what do you do? Or, you know, where do you live? Or those kind of things. And in the back of their human brain, and this has nothing to do with their soul level, right? This is all the ego. In the back of their brain, they're saying, okay, well, you do this, this, and this, and you live in this fancy house. Okay, you're, you know, a couple of steps above me, or I'm a couple of steps above you. And it's almost like people, um, the ego keeps score of this defines me and this defines you and therefore I'm better than you or worse than you. It's terrible actually. And this lie always keeps you thinking that if we acquire more things, if we're richer, uh, then we'll be happy. And many people do uh, reach their goals and acquire things, but they feel empty. I know from my personal experience when I was in my um, 20s, right, went into corporate America. You know, I hate to say this, but folks, I wanted to make a lot of money and I wanted titles and money and all those, these, all these ego things, right? And so I would work like a crazy woman and I got promotions and titles and things like that. And, and at one point I was, you know, like a, a head of a department, right? I was at the top of my career and I... I had a lot of financial success and things like that, a nice house and all those things. And then I looked around and I was, I was feeling completely empty. That is the lie of the ego. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people struggle with this. Um, and this is speaking from our perspective as an American, um, it's basically programmed into us since the time we're born. Um, especially with advertising and, I mean, even as children, always wanting the next coolest toy. Um, so that transfers with us as adults. People are always wanting the newest things, even though really we, most of us have everything we need, right? So it's hard to escape um, in modern day society. So, yeah, once we find ourselves getting caught up in that. It's getting the awareness. Once we're like, oh, this is ego. Do I really want this? Or is it just my ego wanting this? Once we get that awareness, we can catch it and then really assess if it's something we need. For me, uh, it's my car. 
I love her. She's 10 years old um, and she's doing great, right? But then other times I'll see somebody else's car and I'll be like, oh, it would be nice if I had this or it could be nice if I had this. I'm like, do I really need this or is that just ego? So I remind myself of that. I love my car. She works fine. So she's hanging in there for a while longer. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people struggle with this. And I think that as we go deeper into this, I think that all of us can relate to the multiple lies of the ego. And remember, as we go through this, when we're talking about it, the ego is not who you are. Okay, the next lie that we have is who I am is what I do. Oh, oh, Miss Krista's had a lot of this. <laughs> this, this ugly pattern. So this, this is kind of relates to what we were talking about earlier, where from the time we are born, society puts rewards on doing the things earlier and better than others. So um, I'm going to start with, you know, you, you know, where we got little babies uh, and we're in like a mom group or something. And, and some mom uh, is talking and she says, well, my baby girl is walking at nine months and and then I look over at my baby and he's like you know putting his hand in his mouth and looking all googly eyed and stuff right at the same age and that one's walking and uh you know or you know you are um you you have young children in school right and someone says well my my son is the top of the class and you know, and then you look to your son and he's struggling to make B's or C's, right? And so this ego lie, it begins at a very young age because it is rewarded by our accomplishments in the human world with praise, candy, money, whatever particular family used to reward good behavior. My husband Oh, he loves to point out my ego and it, ooh, it gets under my skin. Ooh. <laughs> but he has this ability to, when we're interacting with our children in particular, where if let's say one of the kids comes home and they've got a hundred on something or they did really well or whatever, and then I'll say, oh, and I make like a big deal about it or something like that, or I say, oh, well, if you do this, then I'll give you that piece of candy. And he's like, eh, 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 you're feeding the ego, Krista. And I'm like, God bless it, man. You are so right. <laughs> but it, 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 that is <laughs> honestly, Roxy, that makes that's one of the main things that irritates me. Not a lot of things irritate me, but when he calls out my ego, it irritates me because it's freaking correct. But anyways, <laughs> he sees you. Yes, he sees me. Um, <laughs> but Dr. Dyer says that, you know, none of this reinforcement is quote unquote bad. It just simply teaches the aspiring human to believe what the ego's personalized message of you are what you do. So the truth is we don't have to do a thing in order to validate ourselves as worthy or valuable. Uh, a lot of you guys know my story. Um, where, you know, I 
spent a good bit of my life doing certain things in order to feel worthy or valuable. And there, I definitely fell into this lie, especially in my 20s, where I believed who I am and is what I do, right? And uh, I think a lot of people can relate to that. What do you think, Roxy? Yeah, this is um, this is hitting home because this is what I struggled with very recently. So um, I'm doing really well in my career as a dental hygienist right now. Um, I'm in a place I like. I'm with people I like. Um, and getting positive feedback for hard work is, you know, validating it, but it feeds into that ego. So it's funny how spirit has a way of keeping us in check. So I'd started aligning part of my identity with this, with career. Um, and then a situation at work came up and kind of blindsided me and I took it really hard. I was in my emotions for over a week, like deep in my emotions. And I knew like, this is just, you know, my job, but it was affecting me outside of work. Um, and even though I know so many tools to help, you know, in these times, it was just this nagging source of hurt that just was impacting my overall mood and affecting my life outside of work. That's when I realized, ah, this is my ego. This isn't me. This isn't who I am. But I had started letting myself get associated with this false belief, right? Who I am is what I do. And that's not the case. So once I had that awareness and I said, ah, this is you, ego, I realized I let my identity just get too caught up in career. So spirit was serving me a nice little reminder that I am not my work. I am not what I do. So once I shifted my perspective, I was finally able to get out of that mental funk and then focus on finding and sharing the light again. I love that. You know, that's that awareness, right, that we cultivate as we go further in our spiritual journey. And that awareness just gets greater and greater. Right. And mm -hmm. uh, I was talking to a mutual friend of ours today, and she she was uh, telling me that she was going through this situation and she had a lot of anxiety. And she's like, and within five seconds, I had all these 10 thoughts. And I said, you know, you're thinking too much. And I said, you know, the ego likes to put you in these patterns, right? These thought patterns and you just roll over it. You know, you just like go over the same things over and over and over. And then the, based off of what you're thinking, and maybe this happened to you um, with your work situation, you get all these emotions and they're all these crappy emotions that we don't want to um, don't want to engage in, right? Anxiety, mm -hmm. fear, um, you know, unworthiness, all these things that we don't want to, to subscribe to. But awareness is our key out of the ego because we can acknowledge, just like you did, Roxy, that this is the ego at play. This is not who I am. This is the ego utilizing the mind and putting me down this rabbit hole that I don't need to engage in. And so it's almost like you just drop it and just say, look, I can't control 
what other people do, think, or say, but I can control what's going on inside of me. And I'm just not going, I'm just going to drop it. I'm going to let it go. I'm going to observe it. Just like the same thing we talked about earlier with the email, the email is going to come in, the invite, and you're just going to move to the trash. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Our third uh, lie is I, uh, who I am is what other others think of me. So throughout our life, we are bombarded by the ego's messages to convince us that our worth comes from the observations and opinions of others. And like other lies, its message is telling us that something outside of ourselves is responsible for our validation. So those first three components of the ego focus on the desire to build up our beliefs that this universe is all about us, as well as that were graded according to how much stuff we uh, secure on our time on earth, while these next three components of our ego are organized around the desire to stand out as an original um, and be unique. So just to kind of speak a little bit on this third lie, I've struggled with this a lot in my life, especially as a child where you know, you define your self-worth and based off of what, uh, how other people, how you believe other people perceive you. And I can think of many examples in both childhood and adulthood where I have let this lie get so underneath my skin that, you know, you just go over and over into that same pattern of, well, you know, they they think that you're um, terrible, you suck, you know, and, and all these negative things. But within re in reality, probably these people aren't even thinking a thing. They're probably thinking about their own ego mess. So I, I think that the first three really go together, honestly. But I do love how Dr. Dyer has, um, you know, put these out here and I certainly can um, relate to all three of those. What about you, Roxy? Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is a big one. Um, the first thing I thought about was the couple years I was a middle school teacher <laughs> and all these middle schoolers, they go through this. Who I am is what others think of me. Um, it's a time of social learning and, you know, they really start to care what other people think about them and really internalize that. Um, so it's interesting to see how this shifts um, with age as well. So for me growing up, um, I was told to think of how my actions would be perceived by others, um, which is a good message that can be helpful in a lot of situations, but I took it extra and kind of internalized this message. So it became a constant dialogue for me, anytime I was around other people, um, I was always aware of how they might perceive me or what they might think of what I was doing. Um, so that made it hard for me to be authentic. Part of that is probably also just being a cancer and I like to stay in my protective shell, right? Um, but I started to really identify with this uh, message from the ego. So who I am is what others think of me, but it's a lie, right? So as an adult, um, when I start feeling 
awkward or feeling self-conscious, I'm able to realize, oh, this is my ego. So this is the false self, like you said. So the main times I notice myself experiencing this would be, first of all, whenever I'm doing something new. So whenever I was teaching my first couple of yoga classes, you know, I would start to feel awkward or self-conscious or what are others thinking of me? Am I cueing my words right? But that's ego. Um, this can also happen whenever I'm doing woo-woo things like Reiki. Uh, my mind will start to creep in, right? The ego. And what if, what if people think I'm too weird? What if they think I'm too out there? Or what if I interpreted this message wrong? So again, this is ego. Once I realize this and get the awareness, um, I can shift my perspective and then shift my self-talk. For example, whenever, if I'm teaching a yoga class and I feel that ego creeping in, I'll tell myself, it's not about me, right? I am just a vessel. I am here to help other people. I'm a vessel for spirit. Um, and that helps me get a better perspective and move past the awkwardness or being self-conscious. Um, a phrase I heard years ago really helps me whenever I am struggling with these things. So the phrase is, am I acting out of faith or fear? And I love that because it brings it, it strips everything down to basic motivation. If I'm acting out of fear, then I know that's not in alignment with how I want to live life. If I'm acting out of faith on something that I know is good or right, um, then I know I need to move past any of those little ego things that come in. So then I can tell myself to trust my intuition and to trust spirit. I really like that. I use something almost identical, except for the word of faith. I use love. So I say to myself, is it coming from a place of love and expansion? Or is it coming from a place of fear and limitation? And if it's coming from a place of fear and limitation, boom, it's your ego. Mm -hmm. It's every time. The next lie, the fourth one, is I am separate from everyone else. In an egoist sense, uh, ambition wants us to believe that we are the only one that matters. I think that uh, many of us on our spiritual journey uh, eventually come to this place, hopefully, of what we would call um, non-duality, where we realize that all things in our current universe are connected and that we are all equal. I have felt this um, feeling of connection and expansion um, grow over the years and it, it continues to grow. It's kind of like a small trickle. And like over time, I just see how everything is connected and that we're all equal. But what the ego does and that it's lie is it makes you think that 
you are a separate being and not connected to all other beings and all life, for example, earth and animals and the sky and all the human souls that are on this planet. And it wants you to think that, and this can be also be a little bit tricky. And um, I don't know if you've had this experience as well, but I have caught myself in this lie in my spiritual journey by creating a spiritual ego (laughs) Mm. (laughs) where in the ego will, okay. So, so the ego doesn't want to die, right, Roxy? So the ego will, you work really hard to break down these core beliefs of yourself or whatever. And the way that the spiritual ego, it it got like a little, little uh, side angle right there and came in and said, okay, well, you're a spiritual person, Krista. You're a healer. You are a person that receives messages from spirit. You can see colors. You are an individual. You are special, right? And another person can't do those things or whatever. That's where we have to be very careful on our spiritual journey and especially as um you know us light workers because we start to receive um i don't want messages or gifts or varied experience varied spiritual experiences and we need to make sure that we're just treating them as experiences and not thinking that they are individual for us but you know, kind of expanding ourselves to realize that, okay, um, I am a soul, but my soul is connected to all living beings. And we are all at our core, at the divine core, right? We are all equal. So this one is tough because that spiritual ego loves to take the back door and make you think that you are separate from everyone else. Mm, that is so true and uh, especially I've experienced this especially as an empath empath and a woo-woo woman or woo-woo weirdo (laughs) but um, in the reverse really so not thinking that I'm the only one that matters or like I'm so important but more of a sense of being separate or just not like everyone else I've experienced this in school. I've experienced this in the past in my work, just feeling like I was so different from everybody else. Um, But when I start feeling this way, you know, once we get that awareness, um, then I'm able to remind myself, we are all connected. We are all one. Like you said, we're one with the grass and the butterflies and the plants and the lizards you used to collect. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm yeah yeah it's a tough one you know and um i think that like i said we just have to be very mindful that um on the spiritual journey that uh the ego will do whatever it takes not to die or go away um and we have to be aware enough to catch ourselves whenever we feel like we're um, going down that path of, of 
separating ourselves from everyone else, that that's not our true nature. That's not what true reality The fifth lie that the ego will tell you is I am separate from what is missing in my life. So this, the ego has an interest in making sure that we believe that we are not complete, that there's always something missing just out of the reach. Like I can think of so many cases where, you know, been I've been working towards a goal and you know it's almost there but it's just it's just just a little bit unattainable right so that is the ego it will make you strive it will make you set goals it will make you believe that you have limitations or shortcomings and it will make you compete with others because you live in a thought process of scarcity and limitations. Uh, I think that, you know, many times on my journey with this ego that I have, uh, I have felt like, you know, it will make me focus on the lack of things. And even with, you know, spiritual work and understanding that you need to focus on gratitude and love and, and all those things, right? It sometimes pulls you in and makes you focus on what is lacking in your life. I um, I actually have a family member who struggles a lot with this, and I, I work with her to try to make her see. But sometimes she will go down this rabbit hole and she will just, you know, go on the wheel or like a hamster wheel, and she'll just go over the same things over and over. And it's all from a state, a mental state of lack, right? That, you know, I could do this if I didn't have this, or I could, if I would have done this, then I, things would have been differently. Or, you know, there's just this constant internal battle of her, uh, mind and her ego going over and over and making her feel terrible, right? So what I've tried to work with her on is to say, this is not you. This is your ego. You need to disengage from it and just learn how to observe it and to let it just kind of like slip through your fingers almost, right? With that observation. Yeah. And for anyone struggling with this, just remember, you are whole. You are complete just as you are. You don't need anything, anyone, or any achievement to be worthy or valuable. You are enough just as you are, just where you are. Yes. And that wholeness comes from the true self. It comes from the divine being that is already within you. I think that another important thing for us to understand is you don't need to become anything. You already are it. 
you already are whole. Inside of you is a divine, eternal being. And if you can recognize the ego and connect with that internal divine being within you, then the ego cannot survive within the light, right? It will disseminate over time and you'll just live in that more state of love and bliss and just be able to accept life experiences as they come to you, whether that is a good experience or bad experience, you learn that life is experiences and the divine being doesn't, uh, it doesn't discriminate against experiences. Does that make any sense, Roxy? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. So our sixth lie is I am separate from God. This lie makes us believe that we are not the same as what we come from. Ooh, this is actually tying into what I just said, that God's essence could never exist inside of you. It's one of the ego's primary functions to keep us from believing that we are separate from God. And throughout history, many see God as a, you know, like a white male with a long flowing beard, you know, like floating around in the heavens. And that God is not obtainable to you, right? And this is all invented by the ego and many, many people before us to keep you serving the ego's demand. So I hope that we don't offend anybody by saying this, but it is my belief, and this is what I tell my children, is that you are a piece of God and that you are an eternal divine being living out this human experience that you wanted to live. You are like, in, you know, this is just a body, right? But you go beyond this body. You are much more than this body. And as pieces of God, we are inherently good and filled with love and oneness. And we are connected to all things. And everything that you strive, any, any, Anytime you ever feel like you're not worth, you're not worthy, or, you know, life makes you feel like you need to do something in order to be happy, if you can start to recognize that those are the tricks of the ego and that you are already it and that you don't need to do anything, um, you know, I even believe now, Roxy, that. You don't even need to, to meditate, do yoga, hold a million crystals in your hands if you can realize who you truly are. I really believe that. Those are spiritual practices that help us to release the, the, the beliefs and conditionings that we have subscribed to our whole life, right? But if you can... Um, recognize and self-realize who you really are at your core, you don't even have to do that. I find myself meditating less these days and I'm okay. 
Um, but when I, when I get into the, the patterns of the ego and I, you know, I do just like everybody else, I'm no special, I'm no special person. Um, the, the, uh, meditation and the yoga and the, you know, crystals and all those different things, they help to bring back that awareness to the divine. Being. Yeah, I think. I think that's a really good point. And I love what you tell your kiddos that they are divine beings. Um, that's beautiful. And it's a great way for them to um, start thinking about these things really early on. Um, to talking about this lie, the lie of I am separate from God. Interestingly enough, uh, in my background as a Christian, I have seen this in several forms of Christianity or in some people's interpretation or misinterpretation of their spiritual text. Um, so this is a good time to give a reminder that guilt is not a part of living in spirit. Guilt is part of the ego. That's part of our human existence on this human plane and our human bodies. So we are spirit. We are divine. We're just in a human body that's heavy and weighed down by all these other things. So it's hard. It's hard being here. And we're all liable to, you know, do things that we shouldn't. Or from that Christian background, we're all liable to sin, right? And this is where ego creeps in. This is where if we feel like we've sinned or done something wrong, this is where we really start to internalize or believe this lie. I am separate from God. Or we start to identify with this sin. It's not just something that we did. This is who I am. Like, for example, um, adultery, right? Um, people start to believe it's not just a thing you did, but you are now an adulterer. But that's not the case. That's not a lie. You should not, or that's a lie. You shouldn't identify as that. Um, if you've done something wrong, it doesn't make God or spirit love you any less. And to the rest of the human race, this makes you relatable and lovable. Um, anyone who is giving that judgment, they're judging from their ego, not from spirit. And this can go for anything. Um, so whenever we mess up or we feel bad about doing something we shouldn't have, don't let it ruin your day. Don't let it ruin your week or your year or your life. Um, use that egoic feeling of guilt or shame or whatever it is use that and turn it into something positive acknowledge what happened tell yourself hey i'm a human things happen right forgive yourself forgive others and begin acting from a place of love and light and connection to spirit because remember you are not separate from god even when you mess up or from whatever divine being you are not separate we are one with that even when we mess up. Um, sometimes these things from the past that we feel bad about, they may creep back in, right? And start to guilt us. Because like Krista said, the ego doesn't want to die and it's sneaky and it will come back and get us even when we think we've moved past it. So when this happens, it's important, again, raise awareness, forgive, again, yourself, others, the situation, forgive yourself for having a hard time letting it go. and then. Let it go. Um, sometimes it can help to do a cord cutting, right? We've talked about this before. Um, we talked about it 
in more detail in episode 11. So if you don't know what cord cutting is, that's a good one to check out. Um, Krista has a great meditation on her YouTube channel that talks about cord cutting. And I did that last week, two weeks ago when I had a situation come back up and I was like, nope, we're not doing this again. <laughs> so I put on Krista's YouTube cord cutting meditation and I let it go. And I hope that was the last time, but you know, it sneaks back in. So <laughs> anyway, listeners, it's a good one. Check it out. Um, and we'll put that in the blog post and then in the show notes as well for the cord cutting. Oh, any last thoughts or comments, Krista? I really enjoyed this one. And I think that this is relatable to anyone on your spiritual journey. I think it is probably one of the biggest hurdles that any of us will go through. I personally still go through battling my ego, but I can assure you, listeners, if you bring that awareness to your ego and you start figuring out who you are not, ego, thought self, point to who you are not, you're going to start to see the true self, the divine being shine through. And once we're able to get into connection with that divine being, and that connection is not so staticky, right? It's more of a consistent connection. Then we can open ourselves up into what does life want to present me because the divine being inside of us is not limited. It is love. It is limitless. It could do anything, right? You could be, do anything, but being able to surrender and let that divine being be the main driver of your life moment by moment is the way that I believe we're all meant to live. So Thank you for everyone joining us for this episode about the ego. Uh, which component of the ego are you working to overcome right now? Uh, we would love to hear from you. Send us an email at woowonderhour at gmail.com or drop us a message on the socials. Uh, Roxy and I love to hear from our listeners. We always get a little excited. Uh, and remember our blog and socials. Our blog is <clears throat> woowonderhour.wordpress.com and our Facebook and Instagram is woowonderhour. And just a side note, you know, I'm not a techie person. Roxy is our tech. Um, in, <laughs> in our, <laughs> I try. <laughs> yeah, she is a lot more techie than I am. So, um, you know, we hear that Instagram is the place to be for social media. And I think that we finally <laughs> figured that out. Um, so, you know, send us some good juju for social media. And, and just remember that um, if, you know, you feel that someone can benefit from these talks, if not just a little bit, feel free to, to share that. Because, you know, Roxy and I came together with this podcast to share the light of consciousness. And um, we want to expand that light. And both of us are just thrilled with how everything is going beautifully. Because I believe we're, divi we're divinely guided with what we do. So that's it. <laughs> 
absolutely. And thank you, listeners. We are so appreciative of you. Um, and our friend, Haley Manis, Manis, you may remember her from a couple of past episodes. She's the owner of Roots and Leaves. Um, she's giving our listeners 15% off any of the products on her website, which is rootsandleaves.info. Um, it's pollen season over here, and we have started feeling the sniffles and seeing the pollen all over our cars. So I have been making a batch of her tea every week, putting in some local honey, and we have been sipping on that the last couple of weeks. And oh, it's so good. Her products are really nice. Um, so you can find that and plenty more on her website, rootsandleaves.info. She's also giving Woo Woo Wonder Hour listeners 10% off of the Crunchy Club membership. Um, we interviewed her on episode 25 if you want to find out more about that. Or you can go to thecrunchy.club. Um, so for either one of those to get the discount just for our listeners, use the code Woo Woo, W-O-O, W-O-O in the coupon section. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. We hope you will join us for our next episode. And don't forget to share your light.